Hello, friends. Hello, neighbors. Welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers. Um, I'm excited to be back with you. We kind of left you, I don't want to say on a low note last week, but um, really a lot of the things we talked about weren't necessarily pleasant to talk about. But this week, we're not going to leave you in the negativity. We're going to try to jump back in and, and do some more interesting things this week, maybe uh, leave you on a happier note this time. Before we get into uh, the podcast and everything, um, there's a couple things I want to mention. Number one, um, we are now on Apple Podcasts. So uh, if you've been listening on another um, platform, uh, you can go ahead and, if you prefer to, um, find us on Apple Podcasts, anything like that. Um, and again, we're on every platform um, that you can find, uh, whether it's SiriusXM, the app, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, of course, the Podbean app. Um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts, we are uh, there. Um, number two, um, don't forget to go on Facebook. Find us on Facebook at The Level Ground Podcast or Instagram levelground.22. Um, we've got some very big things planned um, and in the works for when the Facebook reaches 500 followers. Um, we have a lot of followers other places. A lot of people listen to the podcast, but if you really enjoy the podcast and, and want to get some more uh, interesting things out, um, go like it on Facebook. We can we're trying to work on getting some things maybe where we can upload on there more frequently, maybe give you some clues to what uh, future episodes will hold and things like that. But we have something very special planned. So it's up to you if you want this to happen, then you'll get the Facebook up to 500 followers. Um, and, and the reason we're doing that is because it does help the algorithm. Um, the more people that go on Facebook and like the Facebook page, um, They'll get on there, and and it'll boost the algorithm on Facebook. What that'll do is more people will find the podcast on Facebook. Well, if we start interacting with each other on the Facebook profile, then that'll get more people interested in the podcast and listening to the podcast. And then you get more people onto the podcast, and again, it changes the algorithm just like we talked last week, and it ends up getting more of it out and and we've talked about it last week but but I'm just going to be honest this very well can be a community thing if you want to help if you want to do uh just a little part to to help spread the gospel this can be your little part um number 3 um continue listening um and stay tuned we we've been on the phone and planning some things here in the last day or two and we have got some absolutely huge things in the work right now in the works right now um things that i believe you as the listener whoever you are whatever background you come from will enjoy um and will and that once they're set in stone when it's going to happen i'll announce it and you'll be able to know but just for now know that um the last and final thing um we i think we forgot to mention last week and if we didn't um, well, we'll just tell you now, and then we'll probably tell you again at the end of the show. But uh, if any of you need a Bible, if you know anybody that needs a Bible, if you think of anywhere that we need to take Bibles, um, uh, whatever it may be, 
um, that's the ultimate goal. We want to try our best to um, get the Word of God out. And, and if any of y'all need Bibles, if you know of anybody that needs Bibles, if you can think of where you'd like to take some Bibles, um, we can get together, we can work some stuff out, we can spread the Word of God. Just send us an email. Um, the email is levelgroundpod22, so levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. Send us an email there. Send us a message on Facebook, a DM on Instagram. Um, and, and regardless, if you're enjoying what you're listening to, if if there's some questions that you have, anything you want to know, anything that we can explain better after the fact, don't be afraid to send us a message. Reach out to us. We'll be more than happy um, to ex- uh, to explain some things. To, to you know, reach out reach out to us. We'll reach back to you, and we'll help you in any way that we can. But Ultimately, we not only want to help everybody, but we want to get the gospel out. So without rambling too much, um, we're kind of going to get into today's um, episode. And y'all are about to find something out about me that, honestly, I don't reckon I've told anybody before. Um, Growing up, I would watch a lot of old TV shows. I remember watching, um, watching TV Land a lot at my grandma's house and and even at my house, and, you know, you might watch the old ones, Sanford and Son, Andy Griffith Show. Of course, there's Walker, Texas Ranger, and, and all these other shows and the American classics. And But there was one that just kind of always, you know, stuck in my, in my mind and in my brain. And in 1975, the three-word phrase, or there was a three-word phrase that became a powerful mantra whether you were buying a house getting a new job graduating from college being elected for president of the united states or for some just surviving another day what was that saying moving on up and a lot of you know where i'm going with this um then after after this after 1975 and this became uh became the pop uh, a popular saying of the day it became the theme song performed by Janet Dubois for the hit sitcom The Jeffersons about a couple that rose out of poverty to a Manhattan high rise and they came from the bottom and made their way to the top growing up i would watch that show and every time i would hear moving on up the theme song to the jeffersons yes i'm talking about the theme song to the jeffersons every time i heard that theme song every single time in my childish mind i would think well they've they're moving on up to heaven and and i don't know why i don't know why i guess i always thought that but that was the thought i always had every time this show came on and and every time i heard the theme song and and it just it has resonated with me and even all these years later i can look back and i can remember that and know even now to this day it's still a little thought i have and and that's kind of where we wanted to segue into this week's episode and maybe give us something some of y'all might find entertaining about me. Some of y'all might laugh and, and think it's funny, whatever it may be. But I, I figured it was a really good way to kind of get us to the point where we need to get um, and maybe so we can learn just a couple a uh, couple of things today. I We've done a lot of studying and we found some stuff. So let's just go ahead and get into the meat and we'll leave this with you. Um, we've talked already about how that we're all natural born sinners and, and we're born into sin. Job said, 
I was uh, conceived in sin, or I was born into sin, and in sin did my mother conceive me. And and we're all placed in a fallen body because of the nature of Adam. We have a sin nature, and and because of the fall of man at the beginning of time, we're we're stuck with this. You know, we were never meant to have to deal with this. We were never meant to have to experience death. Creation was never meant to have to experience death. Why do we have cancer? Why do we have uh, even weeds in the garden? Why do we have all these things? It's a curse and the curse that was put on the earth. And and we cannot escape that. And we really want to drive this home in these episodes and help help everybody, whoever it may be, realize that that we cannot escape our sin nature. And even for people who are saved and born again by the grace of God and, and believe on Jesus Christ, you still have to battle that sin nature. The Bible said in one place, I believe it was Paul said, that he had to crucify the flesh daily. Every day he had a battle with sin and every day he would have to fight off sin. If there's a thought that comes in your mind that you know is not what you're supposed to be having, what you're supposed to be thinking about, what you're supposed to be even doing or, or whatever, you have to make a conscious effort and a conscious choice to refrain from that sin. Sometimes we can't help the thoughts that come in our mind because the Bible does say that the carnal mind and the flesh also is, is enmity against God. It's an enemy of God's and, and our carnal mind will throw these things up. Our soul can be as pure and is white, and and it can be the greatest and closest to God it's ever been, but the flesh will still try its best to make us fall. And I wish I could give some other formula. I wish I could tell you that, oh, it's not going to be that way, but that's the way that it is. And, And that's the hand we were dealt. And a lot of times when you were dealt a hand, a lot of folks want to say, well, that was the hand I was dealt. I guess I'm just going to deal with it. Luckily for us, we do have a way of escape. It's not going to be in our fleshly walk, in our fleshly life, but we do have a way of escape after that. And we've talked about sin and salvation, and we talked about the consequences of not believing on Jesus last week. Um, And we want to kind of just move on into this and and show you. I remember when I was growing up, my, my dad would say, with good choices comes good consequences. With bad choices comes bad consequences. Said it over and over and over again. It's drilled in my mind. I may have already mentioned it, but these are the things that that stuck with me. And so we're going to get into maybe the good consequences this week. The good, some of the good things that can happen, and primarily one good thing. There's many of them. More. More than one person can count, but we're we're going to get into mainly one good thing. Um, there's a way that even though that we're all on the bottom, and even though every one of us has been dealt a terrible hand because of the fall of man, we've all been given this, and we're all in a lowly state, there is a way we can move on up. Hence why I kind of reference the Jefferson's theme song. Um, but there is, there, there's a way that we can move on up. We can all be moving on up. And we can be royalty. My family, I, as far as I know, um, there's nobody ever in my genealogy that I've ever met in my life 
or that ever will meet or far enough back that has been any kind of royalty. And I may never be royalty. I may never be famous. I don't want to be famous. But when I accepted Jesus, I became royalty. The Bible said we become joint heirs with Christ. The Bible says in Romans 8, 14 through 17, it says, for, many as, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Then you look at Galatians 4, verses 4 through 7. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his Son and made, a, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. And because ye are sons, God hath sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father, wherefore thou art no more a servant, but a son, and if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Well, the first question for me would be, what are we heirs to? The kingdom of God. God is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He sits on the highest throne that there is. He's the God above everything else, and he is royalty. He reigns in a kingdom. And the day that you were saved, the day that you were put into the family of God, the day that you were put in to the body of Christ, was the day that you became an heir. And you look and, and you hear about all these things recently. Queen Elizabeth died and and what happened? The the next heir come up, and that was Prince Charles, who is now King Charles. And then you look at all of his family. His family became heirs to a throne, and his family were born being heirs. But we have been adopted. I don't have the blood of an almighty God running through my veins. I wasn't born with the DNA of an almighty God. But he adopted me through his son, Jesus Christ. When I accepted him and I believed on him, he adopted me into a family. And he adopted us into this family. And a lot of times I think of it this way. You think about people that do a lot of gardening, a lot of growing. They, they'll take and they'll do what they call grafting. And they'll take a razor blade or they'll take a knife and they'll cut maybe a little sliver out of out of one tree or a piece of bark or something like that, and they'll take and they'll piece it into another to add some of that DNA in there, and they'll graft that in. And we've been grafted in, grafted into the family. We've been placed into the family of God, placed into royalty. And if we're heirs of God, 
therefore sons of God, and been adopted as his sons and daughters, then we're the family of God. That's why church folk say, well, you're my brother, you're my sister, because we are family, and we ought to act as such, and that's an episode for another time. But if we're family, then that means that we're heirs. Through Jesus Christ, we have become heirs to this. And you look in the Bible, and a lot of folks say, well, why would God send me there, and and why wouldn't God just love us enough? I was asked this question. Why wouldn't God love us enough just to send everybody to heaven and not worry about hell? He does love everybody enough to do that, but you have to make a choice because you are a free moral agent. You have free will. You can choose what to do. And you can attain eternal life. You can miss hell through Jesus Christ. You have to go through Jesus Christ. There's no way to escape hell and no way to gain heaven but through Jesus Christ. The Bible said, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there you may be also. What is this place? It's heaven. If you believe on Jesus Christ, you have a home in heaven. You have become an heir to the kingdom of heaven. And this is where you're heading when you die. After death. And and there's a lot of differing beliefs and and differing ways and whatever you may be, regardless of what you feel like it's like after death for you. If you've believed on Jesus Christ, your final destination will be heaven with Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and with God Almighty. And so we've got to learn, and we want to kind of cover and get into what heaven is this week. And if you look in the Bible and you see the word heaven, and this may ruffle some feathers, and and I really, I'm not here to ruffle feathers. I'm here to talk about what the Bible says. Technically, there's three heavens. And you're thinking, oh, my Lord, Grace, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? You can't just take the word heaven in a King James Version Bible and say that that's heaven across the board. And we'll get to that kind of in in a second. But you've got to take and you've got to break it down. And and not only just take and and look at what the word is in, in Hebrew and what it means, but you've got to take and you've got to look at the context of each verse. A lot of false doctrines that come up and a lot of false teachings that come up come up because someone didn't read into the context of the Word of God. And we should base everything that we believe not off of what man says, not off because grandma and grandpa, mom and daddy, and oh, the preacher told me, but because we've studied it out for ourselves. And we we encourage you that that you take your Bible and, and you open it up and you can even read along with us. You can look for yourselves. But for me, I want to believe the Bible and solely the Bible. 
Now, the word heaven comes from the Hebrew word samayim. And there's my terrible Hebrew again. I probably have a Jew listen to this or somebody that speaks fluent Hebrew and tell me I'm saying it wrong. But it's got three meanings. One is the sky. One is the abode of the stars. And finally, one is the abode of God. So every time that we hear the word heaven, it doesn't necessarily mean the abode of God. And here we are, we can learn this, and we can find this if we look at the context given in Scripture. The Bible said in Hebrews 4.14, Seeing then that we have a high priest who passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. We felt obliged to include this scripture here because this is really a key scripture proving that there's not just one heaven. You'll hear this taught from time to time and it'll be said the first, second, and third heaven. So the first heaven would be the sky, the second heaven, the abode of the stars, and the third heaven, the abode of God. And so we felt like we ought to include this because here the Bible says that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, plural. If any of you know any English at all, that's one of the most basic things we learn. We learn singular and plural nouns. And here in the scripture, it has given us a plural noun to know that it didn't say he passed through heaven. It said he passed through the heavens. And so you look and, and you think about God being as high as he can be in the third heaven. And he sent his spirit down through the third heaven, through the second heaven, through the first heaven, and then into the earth and conceived in Mary, and she bare a son, and then she called his name Jesus. So Jesus Christ, Jesus the Son of God, that great high priest passed through all of the heavens into his mother's womb. Then you can look and you can see in Genesis chapter 6 and verse 7, it says, I will destroy humanity whom I have created from the face of the earth, both humans and beasts, creeping thing and birds of heaven. Now, this could be pretty well self-explanatory, but we're going to explain it anyways. Number one, if we just assume that the word heaven, every time we see it in the Bible, means the abode of God, then when God is telling Noah that he's going to destroy the earth, and destroy humanity from the earth, both humans and beasts, the creeping thing and the birds of heaven, well, if it is a bird from heaven, and we're talking, it's a bird from the abode of God, then this is some, in my mind, some fluffy white something we've never seen before, and why does God hate that thing so much that he wants to kill it if it come from his abode? But then you can look and and I mean that's plain to plain to see. We we it, this is the first heaven. This is where the birds fly. This is where the crows and the buzzards and 
and the chickadees and and whatever else they, that's where they fly that's that's where they soar through the sparrow soars through and the first heaven you see by day i can look and i can see the birds fly in the afternoon and and you can go out at lunchtime and you can look out and you can see the birds fly you can see um even the clouds and and if if you had something in your hand right now and technically if you took and put it in your hand and tossed it up in the air when that thing went up in the air and left your hand it has entered the first heaven you go on down and you look and you look at Deuteronomy 4:19 and take heed lest you lift up your eyes to heaven and when you see the sun the moon and the stars and all the hosts of heaven you feel driven to worship them and serve them which the Lord your God has given all the peoples under the whole heaven as a heritage so the second heaven is the abode of the stars as we've already said well what is the abode of stars it is space sun moon stars the all the other planets and they all can be seen by night and the bible said here take heed lest you lift up your eyes to heaven all right so we're looking into heaven and when you see the sun the moon and the stars and all of the host of heaven you feel driven to worship them so so god was giving a warning here but you look at this and and if I, we again took and we just viewed this word heaven as the abode of God, so God lives where the sun and the stars and the moon is and, and all of these other, other things in space. So is that where God lives? No. He lives somewhere higher, somewhere above all of creation. Then the Bible says in 1 Kings 8.27, But will indeed God dwell on earth, Behold, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. I love, love this verse. And it's talking about what can contain God, what can keep God held back. And then 1 Kings 8.27 here said that. It said that, or it asked what you'd call maybe a rhetorical question. But will indeed God dwell on the earth? Well, we know that God doesn't dwell on the earth. God the Father, He sent His Spirit. He sent His Son one day, His Son walked the earth, and He sent His Spirit. And there's been times where you can find in the Bible that, that you know, that the Spirit of God came and it walked the earth and the voice of the Lord was walking through the garden. I believe that God himself was walking through the garden and you could hear the sound of him walking. But the Bible also says no man hath seen the Father. But if we take him, we can find him to the earth or we can find him just to heaven. We've, we've put limitations on God. God can go anywhere he wants to and anywhere he well pleases. But here it's saying that the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain you. There's no place God can go that can contain him. 
not even the heaven of heavens. So not even higher than the first and second heaven and and not even higher than the third heaven. If there was something higher than the third heaven, nothing can contain God. The abode of God is past the firmament and cannot be seen with our eyes. And and we can determine where exactly the Bible is telling us about, I'm going to say it again, just from some information gained in the context. The firmament, a lot of times, is considered to be between the second heaven and the third heaven. And there's a firmament and a barrier there between the second heaven and the third heaven. And, And in that third heaven is the abode of God. And here the scripture says, For Christ has not entered the holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us. Now where is God? In the third heaven, that's his abode. Where did Jesus go? He is seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And I'm going to go ahead and say this, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Christ is in heaven making intercession for you and I. He's there and, and, and He's our go-between. He died to be the propitiation, but He's also the mediator. He's not only the price that was paid, but He's that mediator and stands between us and God and, and goes to God on our behalf. Now that we've kind of dove off in, in that and we can look and see the attributes of the third heaven. The third heaven is what we gain when we're saved. We gain access to that kingdom of God, to that abode of God. We gain access into heaven. And we're going to read this scripture right here, and we're going to try our best to read it slow. And it's a lot of reading, but there's a lot of good stuff in this. In Revelation 21, 10 through 23, And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And we know that this is the revelation that God gave to John. And he was revealing things to John here. And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. So the Bible said in one place, I believe it was early in Revelation, I think it was John said it maybe in the first chapter, Behold I, John. So a new heaven and a new earth, a new Jerusalem coming down. So he's seeing into the new heaven. And he said, And showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, and having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a most precious stone, or a stone most precious, I'm sorry, even like a jasper stone, Clear as crystal. So you look here, and the Bible's telling us that the light from heaven was the glory of God, and and that light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal, so a clear light. A lot of LED lights now and that are high in lumens are considered to be clear light. White light, bright light, and clear light. And praise God, it has no need for the Son, for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the light. 
And I'm just going to go off on this rabbit hole right quick. And I'm going to take the time right here just to praise God. Can you imagine the holiness, the glory coming off of Jesus? When you get to heaven and it has no need for the sun, and Jesus Christ himself is the light, we don't need the sun no more. We don't need the moon to light us by night. But Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God is the light and is the light of that city. I'm telling you, if for nothing else, I'd be happy just to go to heaven just to see the clear light emitting from the Son of God onto that city. And it said here that that heaven also had a wall great and high. So it was big and tall if you'd have it that way. It had 12 gates. And at the gates, 12 angels. And the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. And on the south, three gates. And on the west, three gates. And the wall of the city had 12 foundations. And in them, the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. And he that talked with me had a golden reed to measure the city and the gates thereof and the wall thereof. And the city lieth four square and the length is as large as the breadth and he measured the city with the reed 12,000 furlongs. Now, I want you to remember that. We're going to come back to that here in a second. And the length and the breadth and the height of it are equal. So, here the man is, has measured with a reed in his hand 12,000 furlongs and the width and the length and the height of it are equal. And he measured the wall thereof 144 cubits according to the measure of a man that is the angel or that is of the angel and the building of the wall of it was of jasper. So here... The Bible's telling us that the walls of heaven will be made of jasper. And I just want to go ahead and say this. After last week, after, after hearing what we heard last week, why would we choose not believing on Jesus Christ and go and spend an eternity in punishment when we can gain this? When we can gain heaven. And the Bible said, And the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. So the city was built out of gold. And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third uh, chalcedony, the fourth an emerald, the fifth, Sardonyx, the sixth, Sargius, the seventh, Crystallite, the eighth, Burl, the ninth, a Topaz, the tenth, a Chrysoprasus, the eleventh, a Jacinth, the twelfth, an Amethyst, and the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Now here we are. Heaven is made of precious stones. And it's given us all of these gems and all of these things that the foundation of the city is made out of and that 
the walls were made out of, and even the very buildings in this place were made out of. And then it says every gate was made of one pearl, not strands of pearls. It's not gates of pearls, but gates of pearl. The gates of that city are made of one solid pearl. You go and open up an oyster and you look at a pearl, and a pearl might be the size of a pencil eraser or smaller. The pearl necklace you might wear, size of a pencil eraser or smaller. But a pearl so big that a gate was made out of it. Let's start back right here. And it says, And the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every and every several gate was of one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. So see, here we have, he, he's following all of these gems, all of the things it's made, and the streets of this city were made of pure gold, as it were transparent glass, the purest gold you have ever seen. And then John goes on to say, And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it. And the Lamb is the light thereof. The Lamb of God that was slain before the foundation of the world. The glory of God being the light. And I'll, I'll say this. You look at all of the things that are made in heaven and all the things that were built in heaven, what they were built out of. When the Lamb of God begins to shine in that city, don't you believe that the Lamb of God, the light that reflects off of Him will reflect off of the off of the gates, off of the walls, off of the streets, off of the buildings, off of the foundation. Can you imagine the clear light that comes from this place? And like we've said many times, I wish we could just dive off in for hours upon hours upon hours discovering and uncovering the specifics of this. And, and really, we're not even going to begin to scratch the surface and we can go uh, even deeper But we want to just give you an idea. And already we've decided that heaven's a whole lot better than the alternative. And I've already, already said this to you, but I'll say it again just so that we know. Revelation means to reveal or to take the cover off. So God was revealing many things to John on the Isle of Patmos during his exile but also revealed what the third heaven would be like. All the streets of gold, gates of pearl, walls of jasper, the foundation of all the precious stones, the buildings of gold. But there's one thing in here that's going to require us to do a little digging. And before we get into that, we want, we saved something from last week. We wanted to share it last week, but, but we really feel like or felt like we ought to save it for this week. The Bible said in Isaiah chapter 5, in the 14th verse, Therefore hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, and their glory and their multitude and their pomp, and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. 
So here hell has enlarged itself. It's opened its mouth. It's enlarging itself daily. And in the previous verses of Isaiah chapter 5, it talks about all manner of sin and how people didn't give any account to God and His goodness and and they would choose on their own to go to hell. Hell is so full that it's having to enlarge itself. It grows bigger every day. Let's think about that. Hell is so full that it's enlarging itself every day. That means that that highway that we talked about last week, there's so many people funneling in that that it's having to grow. Well, you can say this, and I've had this said to me multiple times. Well, hell's not real. Tell me, how did they know that the core of the earth is expanding daily without divine intervention? How did they know that, we'll even say in 1611, when the King James Version was first translated, how did they know that hell was expounding its borders, that it was widening its mouth, that it was getting bigger? How did they know this? Scientists found out that the core was growing in 1990. These scriptures were translated hundreds of years before and written thousands of years before that. And this tells us one main thing. There's no room for you and you'll go as an intruder. Hell was prepared for the devil and his angels and there is no room for extra folk down there. It wasn't prepared for you. You weren't meant to go there. And if you don't choose Jesus, you will go there. But I'm proud to tell you that heaven is a different story. If we look at the man that had the reed in his hand, he give us a measurement, right? Some people believe it to be metaphoric. Some people believe it to be the actual dimensions. But regardless, the measurement that is given, if you take and you equate it to our standard measurement system, it comes up to about 1,500 cubic miles. And I know to you this may not sound large at all, but it is absolutely enormous. A person can figure out how far 1,500 miles is using terms they can understand easily enough. For example, that is somewhat less than the distance from Boston to Denver. Driving at 55 miles per hour, it would take a little longer than 27 hours, 15 minutes to drive that distance. Walking at a steady pace of 5 miles an hour, a person could walk 1,500 miles in 300 hours or 12 and a half days, assuming that they didn't stop to rest. So if you went and you walked 1,500 miles at 5 miles an hour, it would take you 12 and a half days to get across it. And if a person rested for half of their time, they would still walk that distance in 25 days. 
So not only is it 1,500 miles long, but it's 1,500 miles wide and 1,500 miles tall. Remember the Bible said that the, the breadth and the length and the height of it were all the same. And could you imagine walking? And, and you think that it's not that big, but if you struck out and you begin to walk for 25 days because you would have to rest, how absolutely massive that would be. To walk the perimeter, just the perimeter, around the edge of the gate, if you took these measurements, it would take you 100 days if we were in this carnal body. Now I want to share something with you that, that's probably my favorite fun fact about this. Metaphoric or not, this is what the Bible says and it's going to and it's telling us something here and, and I want us to really pick up on it. If you figure a story from a 10-story building to be about 10 feet in the average story, that would make heaven 7,920,000 stories in height. You go and you see big, tall skyscrapers and, and all these great and grand structures and all these 100-story buildings. They are nothing. It's absolutely enormous. We can't even begin to fathom something that big. It being so big, this is where we wanted to get to, it being so big means that there's room for you. Hell's having to enlarge itself because it can't contain who's there, but there is plenty of room in heaven for you. And can you imagine being John as this, this was shown to you and revelated to you? I believe John was in awe. And praise God, I'm going to say it again, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Through the salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ and becoming joint heirs with Him, we gain a home in the abode of God, in the house of our Father. There's been times in my life where even I have doubted the existence of heaven. And I've thought, well, I wonder if it's really a real place. And... Maybe I shouldn't have, but I have been very prone to doubt in certain things. And I've wondered, and I've wondered, and I've wondered, but I've seen folks who have passed away, and and even folks soon after they've passed away, and, and after they passed away, and I've heard their testimony, and they said they were going to heaven, they had a smile on their face. There was a look of peace on their face. And that assured me that there was such a thing as heaven. And to some, that may not make any sense. And, and you may still be sitting there. You've listened for a few weeks, and you may still be thinking, well, I don't know that I want to give this a try. I don't know that I want to do this. I don't know that I want to give Jesus a try. Well, if we're all wrong and there's no such thing as heaven, and we just go into nothingness after we're dead, you've still lost nothing. Give Jesus a try and you'll gain it all. You'll become heirs and joint heirs. Heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. 
And because the choice you make to believe on Christ, you become rich. Not in worldly things. You won't have a bunch of money in your bank account. You won't have all these material possessions given to you, but you will be rich in spiritual things. There's a storehouse in heaven. And, and the Bible said in one place that the Lord would open the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that you cannot contain. And to know the Spirit of God and to understand the Spirit of God, you first have to believe on Jesus Christ. And then you can get your blessing from the storehouse of heaven. And one day when we leave, and we're going to start landing the plane here, and, and, and we'll let you go. And, and But one day we will leave this sin-filled life with heartache and pain, sickness, anxiety, depression, sin, bad jobs, hard times, uh, debt, strife, whatever these things may be, one day we will leave all of this. Then we're moving to a deluxe apartment in the sky. We'll be moving on up. And I don't know about you, and I'm sure there's other Christians watching this, but heaven is something that makes me happy. Heaven is something that stirs me, my inner being, that stirs me at my core, and I'll tell you this, I'm excited for it. These are the things that we have to look forward to because we've believed on Jesus. And if you haven't, I beg you again, give Jesus a try. That's it this time for the Level Ground Podcast. Don't forget to reach out to us. Find us on Facebook at thelevelgroundpodcast.com or at the Level Ground Podcast. Um, you can find the links to everything on thelevelgroundpodcast.com slash podbean. Um, email us at levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com the Instagram is levelground.22 wherever it's at reach out to us we'd love to hear from you and if you need a Bible let us know we'd love to send you one we'd love to send you a copy of God's Word have it in your hand share it with your friends whatever you need it for we'd be more than happy to give it to you stay grounded my friends that's it this time for the Level Ground Podcast <music>